0: Bunny, and welcome to another episode of the Anime Nostalgia Podcast. As always, I am your host, Usamimi, and this month, this month of February, I've brought back someone I love dearly to talk mm-hmm. about something that is close to a lot of people's hearts. And that is the world of Clamp. So please welcome back my friend, Miss Newtype Lady.
1: Welcome back. Hi, everybody. Hi. Good to be back. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah.
0: I was like, you know what? You know what we used to really love when we were younger?
1: Back in my day.
0: <laughs> was Clampworks. And Clamp's still around, but I know that uh some of the older fans like you and me specifically at least we don't really keep up with a lot of clamp's newer stuff we're more yeah. fans of their older works which isn't to say that like everyone is the same i know there's some people my age that are still like really hardcore into clamp but like i i don't know i kind of fell off the wagon sometime in the uh, early 2000s <laughs>
1: Yeah, they just, they, they changed and like left some of the series behind <laughs> X. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it just sort of, we grew and, and it didn't necessarily grow with us. So this is really right. nostalgia. Like we're really tapping into the, um, the name of this podcast.
0: <laughs> for real, for real. And it's good. I think this is going to be fun because while we might not dig into like every little thing that clamp has done, I figured just talking about the ones that specifically we were really into and that we really loved uh, and what made them so good would be a lot of fun to talk about. Yeah. Um, Along with a little bit of history of clamp. uh, They're, they're a little bit of a mysterious group because there isn't a ton of information about them uh, available to us in the West, so I had to go through a lot of uh, things that I hadn't pulled out in a long time, like my uh, my <laughs> my An America interviews book from the uh, wow. uh, late nineties, <laughs> because there is a great interview with uh, Nanase Okawa, the head writer, and uh, who most people consider the leader of Clamp, Mm -hmm. uh, where she talked about uh, their whole process and things that, you know, we'll get to here in a little bit. So before we go on, I figured I'd give like a little brief history of Clamp for those who might be unfamiliar with them. So Clamp started out as an 11 member group of friends that included the Clamp members we know today, uh, which would be Mokona Apapa. Who just goes by Mokona now, Subaki Nikoi, uh, who used to go by uh, Mick Nikoi or Miki Nikoi, and Satsuki Igarashi. So, at first, they were just a group of friends that would hang out and do things together, like they'd take trips to amusement parks or they'd go see movies together, and they all knew each other from school. And they met uh, Nanase Okawa later when she moved to the Osaka area in their second year of high school and became their classmate. And it wasn't until they were friends for a few years that they got the idea to start making uh, doujinshi, which is fan comics, uh, based on the things they loved, like Captain Tsubasa, Saint Seiya, Legend of the Galactic Heroes, Devil Man, all that stuff that they were really into. They were making fan comics about it. So as the years passed, their numbers kind of dwindled. And they moved into this very cramped apartment in Ikebukuro to work on manga together. Uh, Which was funny because apparently this... I didn't know this until just recently when I was researching it. But this apartment that they got was... By then they had dropped to about six people. This apartment they got was a two LDK... Japanese apartment, which means that this was an apartment big enough for two people and it only had a living room, a kitchen, and a dining area. That's all they had. (laughs) So, they were pretty
1: desperate
0: and they were really worried about, like, are we going to actually do this? Uh, At one point, they were all looking for part-time jobs just in case it fell through, and even their parents were trying to talk them out of it, but Uh, Eventually, they finally debuted their first published manga with Rig Veda in 1989 in the now-defunct Wings magazine. And after a few years, they dropped down to even fewer members. So by 1993, Clamp was down to the four members that we know them today. And um, the current members... Uh, Nanase Okawa, like I said before, she's the head author uh, and designer. She's basically the head of CLAMP. Uh, Mokona is the lead artist, colorist, and character designer. And uh, Nikoi and Satsuki usually do backgrounds, art correction, cover design. Uh, although that changes pretty often depending on what they're working on at the time. And so with all of them working together as a team, this allows them to work without any assistance, which is very rare. Usually manga artists have several assistants that help them with like all these things, but because there's four of them, they kind of delegate work to each other. And so that's how they got together, and that's kind of the dynamic their team works with. And... If you've been living under a rock somehow (laughs) uh, and don't know anything about Clamp, we're going to kind of go through uh, a little timeline of, like, some of their works. And we'll stop here and there to talk about, like, the ones that we really resonated with, that we were really big fans of, things like that, and talk about why we loved them and what was so special about them. But before we do that, I
1: wanted to ask you... Mm -hmm. what your first exposure to clamp was if you remember oh gosh it was the um x like movie
0: oh really
1: yeah oh so you just dove
0: head first into the heavy stuff
1: (laughs) i did um i believe if i'm not mistaken it was um margo aka toki oh yeah our mutual friend margo yeah yeah yes um i went to her house and uh we watched watched several things and nope you know what that's that's when i first got a copy of that i got a hong kong bootleg subtitled copy of x from her but uh i that was not my first experience i'm trying to think now what on earth or how on earth Uh yeah, I I honestly don't know. That's like my clearest earliest memory, but that would be that's like two thousand two maybe, and I feel like I was before that. So um Mm -hmm. yeah. So that's like that's like my first memory. So like imagine I'm like a a child of clamp and like that's like me at like two years old or something. So (laughs)
0: little clamp baby.
1: (laughs) Yes, exactly.
0: Uh, my first exposure to Clamp's work was actually through Anamerica, but it wasn't uh, X, actually. Mm. Uh, one of the first issues of Anamerica I ever bought, I remember it quite clearly, was it had a Magic Knight Earth cover. And I know exactly what cover it is. It's uh, all of them, all the girls from Magic Knight Earth, and they're like on a picnic And that's what the cover was. And I remember seeing that and going, oh, that's that other thing that just started coming out after Sailor Moon in Nakayoshi. Because I recognized the style like instantly. Ah. And I was like, I haven't read anything about them in English before. And the whole issue was about Clamp. So I was like, I'm going to buy this and I'm going to read about Clamp and see what they're all about. And I thought it sounded like the premise of Ray Earth sounded really cool to me. I was like, "Ooh, it's like magical girls, but it's also like fantasy. Like, ooh, and there's robots. What? Yeah,
1: robots.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so it sounded very unique and interesting to me. So I was like super, super stoked, and I was like, I can't wait to try to find this like fan sub somewhere because this was still in the dark ages where <laughs> we were yeah. getting anime like super quickly. And, um, and it wasn't until later that I started buying more issues of An America because that was the very first one I ever bought. And I was like, this magazine's pretty great. I should buy more of them. So I bought some back issues and they had X in them. And I was like, Oh, it's those, those artists that do rare. This'll be <laughs> interesting. And then I read X and was like, Oh, <laughs> this is way different. <laughs> yeah. For obvious reasons that we'll get into. But, um, yeah, so that that kind of gave me a very strong impression because I was like, wow, they can go from, you know, something, like, that's a little bit more kid-friendly, like Ray Earth, to something, like, completely different with a lot of really serious, like, it was like high fantasy but it was also like magical realism sort of
1: and uh and a lot of blood <laughs> yeah a lot of people getting torn apart by swords
0: and wires and wires yeah all sorts of things yeah <laughs> it was something it was it was a really interesting contrast especially with their art because mm. uh, it wasn't like you know I expected uh, with that art style like you know flowery shoujo like and then even though x is technically shoujo it was definitely way different than any shoujo i had been exposed to at that point yeah so it was it was pretty like i almost want to say like it was almost like an awakening in my brain like whoa like what is this yeah (laughs) because it was kind of right up my alley like i especially when I was younger, was really drawn to, like, stuff that was, like, a little bit weirder, a little bit more, like, violent, uh, a little bit more emotional. So I was really hooked because I was like, this is really different, and I really want to see where this stuff goes. So... I don't know, since you you can't go so far back as to remembering, like, maybe your first experience, do you remember maybe your first impressions?
1: Uh, Yeah, again, like, I, I really... I can't even remember... Like, my brain is telling me that the first time I experienced Clamp was that Hong Kong bootleg X video. But I'm like, no, that can't be right. Like, I definitely... experienced it before then so i don't even clearly my memories are like just a wash like i can definitely tell you when i saw utana for the first time but like for the life of me i cannot remember like my first um like i can remember i remember the first time i bought something clamp related which wasn't even a manga or uh like a dvd or anything it was um a notebook with the X like Dragons of Heaven on it,
0: oh. and it
1: said uh, their destiny is foreordained. And I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> yeah, that seemed to be the English tagline I saw for yeah every. And I
1: remember just being like foreordained, <laughs> like ooh. like yeah, no less ooh and more like roll my eyes. Come on, oh, really? <laughs> But like yeah, no, there was something really <laughs> cheesy about it. But uh, at the same time, I was like, this appeals to me. So,
0: yeah, I was gonna say like, no, teenage me was like, "Ooh, this sounds cool."
1: <laughs> yeah, for me, I was like, "Destiny means foreordained." You don't have to say it again. That's a tautology. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, so really, uh, it's terrible that I can't remember. But at the same time. Like when clamp really came into my life, like they really just came into my life, like uh, mm-hmm. and I feel like, like I said, like a clamp baby when I became like a toddler who could talk about clamp or whatever, <laughs> <laughs> like um
0: you now have opinions about clamp,
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that's that's the best way to sum it up, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: so, uh, I figure we can kind of go through. Uh, I have a select timeline of Clampworks because, like, if I went through their entire body of work, we would be here all day Yeah. all night. It would be ridiculous. They're very prolific. Yeah. They they have over... When I was checking an interview of theirs from... Ni- or not 19... Uh, 2005? At that time, they had 88 million volumes of manga in circulation wow that's a lot yeah <laughs> so i'm sure it's probably
1: way more than that by now yeah now that i mean because subasa exists so yeah
0: subasa alone was like a real long series for now yeah <laughs> and then pair that with uh holic which yeah. was also like uh you know at the same time, and it was tied to it, so it went for a little while as well. And now I think there's a sequel series of Holic out now as well. So that one. But we're we're sort of starting going.
1: at the end here. We we should yeah. start at the beginning.
0: But we should start at the beginning.
1: Very so- good place to start.
0: <laughs> Indeed. So yeah, like I said, this won't be extensive. This will be about to the point where I maybe fell off the clamp wagon so to speak or basically i stopped keeping up with them as closely as i used to okay so uh like i said in 1989 their debut manga was rigveda which is based on a lot of already established um mythology and lore i believe um in the
1: hindu mythology yeah it's, it's hindu
0: yeah it's been a long time since I've read it. I keep meaning to pick up the new Dark Horse re-release of that. Because before, I had the Tokyo Pop versions. <laughs> Woo. And those were a thing. Yeah, uh, I had to get rid of a lot of mine because they fell apart after yep. a certain point. Um, but Rig Veda was uh, basically... they They started the story in when they were still doing Dojins as a Dojin circle. Um, but then they revamped it and made it longer and made it like a full fledged manga and that was their debut thing and people were like, hey, this is actually pretty good. What else you got? <laughs> um,
1: did you ever read Rigveda back in the day? I did not. No. It sort of I sort of missed it. Like not out of lack of interest, just sort of um... Yeah, I, I, it wasn't one of the ones that I like purchased, so, and it wasn't one of the ones that any of my friends had. Mm-hmm. So, you know, back then that was sort of limiting. It was like, did you buy it? Did your friend buy it? No? Okay, no one has it. <laughs> no one has so,
0: it. They did yeah. make an OVA out of it. Um, yeah. But it was uh, famously, as most OVAs are, uh, pretty rushed and not as nicely animated as, say, the manga designs looked yeah which i mean that's kind of something that was really hard for clamp works because it's not an easy especially their older designs they were not really easy character designs to animate at the time
1: i can't wait to talk about the exception to that oh okay yeah <laughs>
0: Uh, So in 1990, we had uh, Man of Many Faces, which introduced some characters we'd see again several times, uh, including in Tokyo Babylon, which came in 1990, and Clamp School Detectives, which came out in 1992. Now, Tokyo Babylon. Yeah. That was a series
1: that I really, really got into. And that is the exception to the badly done OVA rule.
0: Yes, actually I I thought the the Tokyo Babylon OVA was animated really nicely for its time.
1: Yeah, it's really and also it's not like you know it's like contained stories. Uh they they really did a good job with, you know, my OT3. <laughs> I mean, I guess I don't literally mean that, but um, Subaru, Seishiro, and Hokuto are very important to me. Like um, Tokyo Babylon was a huge part of my adolescence, uh, so that that's that's something for me. <laughs> I I think I think it uh, benefits from not being really long. Mm-hmm. It's um it's only like six volumes, if I recall correctly. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's, yeah. It's kind of short and sweet
1: and point. sad. Yeah, (laughs) but it really, it sets up the story. It has some episodic stuff contained within, but the the main plot is still behind it, and then it wraps it up at the end. And with Clamp, that's not always something guaranteed, so... Yeah,
0: um, for sure. That's definitely something I'm sure we'll get into here soon. Um, But Tokyo Babylon, I really, really enjoyed a lot, and I think it was because... Even though X really sort of struck a chord with me, when I went back and was like, oh, there's characters from X in this. Right. That was initially why I wanted to read it. But what yeah. kept me reading was, first of
1: all, the artwork is so stunning. It is. Incredible. And oh, man, the 90s fashion. <gasps> like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Fashion.
0: Oh, it was like, it was, this, it was as if everyone was wearing haute couture all the time. Yep, it was insane and was great. wonderful. <laughs> yes. A lot of the, uh, especially like the Tokyo Babylon like art book, like uh, if you ever see a lot of those color illustrations, they look like they're straight out of fashion magazines.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: It is amazing to me. Like every time I look at them, I'm just like, oh man, this is like peak Clamp art to me,
1: and it's really the series that I have like no reservations for like recommending to somebody Mm -hmm. like if they're like, Oh, I've never, you know, should I read that? It's like, yes. I mean, a, again, it's only six volumes. It's got a coherent story. It's got beautiful art. It's got characters that you will care about because there's not a ton of them. There's really just the main three. Mm -hmm. And then, um, yeah, it's, it's really good. So if you're listening and you haven't read Tokyo Babylon, it's real good. You should.
0: Yeah, so. um would you mind giving us like a little summary of the
1: plot? You know? Yeah, absolutely. So, um it oh, the best way to describe it. So, Subaru is a um he's an exorcist in an Ramagoji and he is doing his, you know, exorcist job. I'm doing a great job at this. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, you're fine. No. So, with his, his twin sister Hokuto and uh, they have this friend Seishiro who's like a veterinarian and they're like yeah it's cool whatever um, but there's a little bit uh, there's a darker side to Subaru's relationship with Seishiro that gets explored as the it gets revealed as the manga goes on and uh, yeah it's it's maybe not the best elevator pitch but it, it's it's very good and you should read it <laughs>
0: Yeah. I mean, if you know anything about clamp from like maybe X or something like that, you can maybe have an idea of like, you know, Tokyo Babylon might not be the happiest uh, thing. That yeah, ever in, but <laughs> no, it is really well put together. The artwork is amazing. Uh, and the just the artwork is uh, one of my favorite things ever. I love it. And then the the OVA, we have that great bit where uh, Hokuto draws
1: her little... Um... With the Chanel lipstick.
0: Yes. Yeah. Uh, iconic.
1: <laughs> yeah. She draws a uh, pentagram, like a seal of protection around a hospital bed with a Chanel lipstick. And it's like, that is hashtag goals. Right?
0: <laughs> so good. Yeah. Like, I was just rewatching it uh, a few days ago, and I was just like, oh, man... That's great,
1: <laughs> and the the music in it is so nineties. Oh really my god, is. the <laughs> the Tokyo Babylon OVA OST contains some. It contains multitudes. Let's just put it that way. Uh, there's a um, nobody beats me on the dance floor. Um, <laughs> there's a uh, kiss, kiss, strawberry kiss.
0: Oh, that was my favorite.
1: Yeah, I love. That. There's um. Uh, There's another one where it's a rap, and one of the lines is, Tic-tac, paddywhack, basic fact, cocaine kills and so does crack. (laughs) Oh my god, I totally forgot about that. Uh... Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I wish that my memories are a little more hazy about that, because I, (laughs) you know, don't need that in my life. But I have it, so I'm sharing (laughs) it all with you.
0: And now you all know. (laughs) Yep. Um, amazingly, there was also a live-action Tokyo Babylon, uh, straight-to-video, like, movie thing. I had uh, no idea. But I have never seen it. I've only seen, like, screen caps of it. Huh.
1: And, Weird. um... Weird.
0: Yeah. I'm, I almost don't want to see it, though, because I'm sure... It's, I'm sure it's awful. It's, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it's just, like, terrible. Yeah. Uh, especially since it was probably done in, like, the early to mid-90s, and, uh... <laughs> That's all you really need
1: to know. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) And that was never brought over here, obviously. Right. Um, But that was something that I remember seeing in, like, old Japanese magazines and going, wait, what? It's a live-action Tokyo Babylon? That's weird. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I really do recommend, uh, sadly, the, the OVA is out of print, Uh, I think you can still find it on Amazon for not incredibly much. Uh, But the manga is probably my favorite iteration of it. And uh, like I said, Dark Horse just released uh, two nice new omnibuses. Yeah. And it's super good. I would
1: highly recommend it if you
0: really love the 90s aesthetic.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Or even if you don't, you'll still like it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, if you like... Uh, stories of uh, haunted Chanel suits. (laughs) You will totally dig it. (laughs) Yeah. Back before Uh Neo-Yokio. (laughs) Uh-huh. So, uh, like I said, after that, uh, Clampsticle Detectives and um, Dukulon came out, and those actually have some of the same characters pop up here and there. So very early on Clamp was kind of a fan of the whole like, hey, we're gonna stick little easter eggs in like all of our stuff. Yeah. Which was at the time pretty interesting and cool because I had never really seen it in uh, shoujo manga before. Yeah. Like I'd seen it in stuff like by Tezuka for example but that was really the only thing I ever recalled seeing that kind of thing in so i was like oh that's interesting <laughs> little did we know yeah where that would
1: eventually lead
0: <laughs> right um Duk-U-Lan is interesting because it's basically a sort of uh, parody on like the whole super sentai sort of genre and uh like i said there's like uh some characters from previous works in there specifically clamp school detectives um, and so if you're into like tokusatsu stuff and things like that I would uh, recommend it as like looking through and just laughing at like all the references because it is pretty fun but I mean it's I think it's like two volumes it's really short 1992 they did a lot of stuff so 1992 so far we have Clamp School Detectives Dook uh then we have Shirihimi Show which is the Snow Goddess Tales. Yeah. Uh, The Legend of Chung Hung, which was cancelled after, I think, one volume.
1: Yeah, I've never heard of that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I think a lot of people get it confused with Shirahimi show because they're both sort of about, like, uh, a powerful sort of goddess character. Mm. Hmm. I was never super into either of them, but I did like the artwork a lot. Mm. Hmm. And I think Tokyopop put out both of them. But Really? And that means they're out of print now. Yeah. Um and then in nineteen ninety two we also get X Woo AKA X nineteen ninety nine. When um, nineteen ninety nine was in the future. <laughs> yes. Back when nineteen ninety nine was so far away. Yeah. <laughs> back in the year of nineteen ninety two. Um but it was renamed or rebranded, X-1999, here in the States because there was already a superhero comic called X, and they didn't want people to get the two confused. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) understandably so. That would be weird if you ordered a volume of X and you got some superhero thing, or if you... Vice versa. Yeah, vice versa. So it's probably for the best. But it also, like... I remember buying the manga and my parents raising some concerned eyebrows when there's just a big X on the cover.
1: Yeah, I don't... My parents were remarkably chill about my anime addiction. They, they in fact, fed it. Like, for my <laughs> for my birthday one year, they were like, oh, here's some money to go to the anime store. And I was just like, okay. Because they didn't know what to buy me. Like They were like, we don't know any of this. So it was just like, here, go to the store. And I was like... This is wonderful. This is the life. So,
0: <laughs> my my parents were pretty relaxed on it for the most part, but I did have to explain, like, no, this is just a, it's a comic. There, like, I had to like kind of flip through. Thankfully, it was an issue that had like no weird nudity or blood or guts or anything. Which like volume that. was that? Uh, it was back when Viz was releasing it in single chapter floppies. Oh, okay. That makes so, more sense. Yeah, so it was one of the early chapters, uh, I believe, where it was just like, "Oh look, Kamui come to visit, and he's all grown up." Like, "Oh look at Kotori, she's grown up so much," and you know, just la da da da. Yeah. Thankfully, and they were just like, "Oh, okay, it's not some weird like adult thing," <laughs> and I was like, "Why would the comic shop let me buy an adult thing?" <laughs> you never know. But yeah. So X, I know, is something that we both were really into.
1: Yeah, that was that was huge. Um, Like uh, like I mentioned before, my clamp baby status was oh X, Um, and I just I loved something about how grand it was and how um, you know it's it's about the coming apocalypse and the fight for humanity and like oh yeah um and i just i i love so many of the characters that i can't even tell you whose side i'm on because i love both sides
0: i had the same problem when i was reading it back in the day i was like i don't know who i want to win because i love these characters and i love these characters like oh no
1: (laughs) It it was really hard for me to choose there's definitely there's parts where like people from one side interact with people from the other side and they're just like regular, like nice, like times. And you're like, Oh, and then these people are going to have to fight later. And that sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, cause you're like, well, you could just be friends. You could just get ice cream. It's totally, totally cool. You can have a frog. It's great. <laughs> um, I, uh, X, um, X, I followed right up until the end. Um, I I would purchase volumes of Asuka despite the fact that I could not read it. Just to have it, just to be like, I I have it, it's coming out. And um I had a friend in London who also loved X and Tokyo Babylon and we would uh talk about them as like scanlations came out and like just you know, we would wait with, with bated breath every every month. And then, you know, they stopped and uh yeah. Yeah.
0: So for for anyone who's never gotten into X, so don't do it. it. Yeah. <laughs> It'll just bring you heartache. Don't do it. Yeah. Um back in the day, you know, it started in 1992 and it used to be one of their regular series and then it started coming out very sporadically. And then it became more and more sporadic until it was maybe like once a year. And now it's basically not at all.
1: <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I'm actually looking up when the last time it came out was, because um, I want to say 2003, maybe. It, I that sounds about right, but I might be wrong. Let me let me look.
0: <laughs> it's been so long, I couldn't even like warrant a guess. I I want to say that I feel like it was
1: March 2003. Oh wow! It's burned into my brain. Wow. I wanted
0: to say, like, wasn't there one in 2005? But maybe that's just wishful thinking.
1: (laughs) Uh, It's just a nice dream you had.
0: (laughs) Yeah, probably. I dreamed a new chapter came out and woke
1: up and cried because it was a dream. (laughs) The funny thing about X is that, obviously, we're bemoaning the fact that the manga didn't end. But there's been at least two other endings because there was the movie and then there was a TV show. Yes. And uh, depending on, you know, like... I, I thought the TV show was okay. Like it, it didn't quite satisfy me as like a, a hyper fan that I was, mm-hmm. um, but the music in it was really good. Oh, um, yes. oh. yeah. That like, opening
0: theme is so good.
1: Oh yeah. And, uh, Secret Sorrow is such a jam. Oh. Like if I can find, if I wish there was like, uh, karaoke places had that cause I, I can build that one out. Um. <laughs> But yeah, so the fact that we had the movie, and obviously the movie is um, edited for time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also the fact that it took place, well, the movie came out in 96, and the manga had only started in 92, so it was nowhere near, like, done, or, yeah. yeah so they just kind of were like, oh, we guess this is what's going to happen. Okay. Um one of the things I love about the movie is the ending, because I will never get over the ending. That being, Kenway we, cradling Fuma's head, screaming, Fuma! While well, X-Japan's forever love plays in the background. It's the most hyperbolic thing that I've ever seen. I love it. I love it so much.
0: And it's also, a t- like, for starters, okay, so the X movie was directed by Rintaro and Rintaro at that point was already kind of in and out of retirement because he'd already had this huge body of work. Like he, he did the galaxy express movies, uh, back in the seventies and eighties. And he was, his work was actually a huge influence on, uh, Nanase Okawa, the head writer of clamp. Uh, so I was just tweeting about this last night, how it's kind of funny to me how Okawa was always talking about how, like, Rintaro's works were a huge influence on her. She loved everything that he ever did. And then she grew up to write X. And
1: then he directed the X movie. Yeah, that's that's like your hero doing a thing that you did. Like, wow. It's kind of crazy. And that movie it's super flawed it is
0: many many reasons yeah but i still love that
1: movie (laughs) i have such fond memories that as i said before that's like my my baby memory um but yeah i could definitely just put that movie on and watch it again um and there's not there's honestly not that many things where i'm like hey i watched that i'd watch it again Mm -hmm. so to get on that list like you had to do something right and, well, for, uh, for
0: starters, for me anyway, the movie is just beautiful.
1: It is. It's gorgeous. It's, it's Madhouse doing a really good job.
0: Oh, it's it's up there with well, for me anyway, it's up there with uh, Vampire Hunter D: Bloodlust in, yes. in where almost you could take almost any cell from that movie and frame it and it would look stunning.
1: Yeah, because like
0: it's just so heavily
1: detailed. Like Bloodlust definitely benefits from. Um, Amano's, like, designs and then modern animation, like, how they did it. Uh, And then X is definitely, like, X is clamp character designs illustrated lovingly. So I think that's a big part of it.
0: Yeah, this is one... uh, Other than Tokyo Babylon, I would say this is one of the rare times where the animation looked like really superbly done for a clamp thing
1: yeah to be fair it's a movie so it's like
0: yeah so it had a way bigger budget yeah uh i mean they they kind of pulled out all the stops for this movie like this was madhouse of course like you said uh back when they were like top of the game and you had so many incredibly talented people working on it uh and something that uh Nanase Okawa pointed out uh, in the interview in the an America interviews book uh, was that she wanted to make sure that this movie had a definitive ending because she was like a lot of younger people are going to see this movie and she was like I didn't want them to feel like they weren't getting their money's worth like they were going to see <laughs> the movie and it was just going to be like oh well and that's kind of how it ends and then go read the manga
1: yeah it, they very well could have done what um Battle Angel Alita did with their OVA Oh. <laughs> which uh just as a side tangent that was my first OVA experience um we rented it and then went back to the store and we're like okay where's the next one <laughs> that's it Sorry. that's it oh okay so the fact that the X movie has a very it ends is um,
0: yeah it has a very know. definitive end and what an yeah. ending yeah I feel like this is one of the biggest things you can point to as uh, Okawa has said she is a huge fan of Gonagai and specifically Devil Man was like a huge awakening for her when she yeah. read it in like element she read it in the
1: elementary school if you can and we, we I can believe it because I've seen what she made <laughs> you're right.
0: Yeah. So if you if you uh have any experience with Devil Man, especially everyone who probably just came off of uh watching Cry Man Crybaby, uh, if you have never seen the X movie, you can watch it and definitely see, like, oh yeah, she definitely read Devil Man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I she she was never quite clear on how much influence she had on the the script of the X movie, but I feel like she probably came in there and was like, "Hey, I got an idea."
1: <laughs> yeah, here's the ending. Uh, yeah,
0: <laughs> and um, also side tangent. That was my first
1: exposure to X Japan.
0: Oh yeah, which me too. I got super into in the nineties.
1: My live journal was named after an X Japan song.
0: Oh, that's right. It was. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs>
1: Your audience is not going to know what that is, because it's a live journal, and that is embarrassing by default, but uh, yeah. It's okay. It's okay.
0: (laughs) We all, all of us older people had one at one point. (laughs) Yeah,
1: it's, they're the skeletons in our closet. Back in our day, when we could lock our blogs... (laughs) We <laughs> didn't just spew our feelings out into Tumblr for everyone to see. Mm. Oof. I am so thankful for that. Yeah. I don't know how kids are growing up these days. Oof. In some so kind of way. <laughs> yeah. But uh I digress. <laughs> yes. <Yeah.
0: laughs> uh yeah, so X is sadly one of those things that was like super prolific, I feel like, to most clamp fans. I think yeah. like if you know anyone who was a Clamp fan? 9 times out of 10 they would be like, "Oh man, X was like a huge thing for me."
1: Yeah.
0: Usually. Usually. I think it had you had to hit it at around a certain age and you had to be from a certain age group. Right. I feel like there aren't a lot of like younger X fans out there because once you realize like, "Oh, this is never going to get finished."
1: Yeah. Just so anybody who up. came into it after 2003 like didn't yeah, I don't. I don't think that really happens so much.
0: Mm. Which is, that is one of the things that I'm most angry at Clamp
1: about in my life. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't. I things. try not, try not to be entitled, but I definitely I want more of that story. And I know that some of you on Twitter asked the question, do we want X to continue? And at this point, I'm like sour grapes about it, where I'm like, fine, don't continue it. I don't care. But as you can tell, I'm very bitter. <laughs> I, I dearly love that thing. And so the fact that uh, it, it did not continue and will probably never continue, is like a hole in my heart. It's an X-shaped hole. Hmm.
0: That's true. And plus, you know, it's been so long since the beginning of it that now, even if they did, like, decide, like, oh, we're going to pick this up and we're going to finally finish that thing. The art would be totally different.
1: Totally different. And also, it, it's been 15 years. Mm. Like, even if they were to pick it up, like, you would have to have such a previously on to, like, even remember what was going on.
0: For sure. Like, and plus, I can't imagine that the ending that they started out with in mind would be the same. Yeah. It, it would probably be totally different by now.
1: Yeah. Like... But mostly, mostly their art has changed a lot since uh, since X, and I'm not entirely sure I would want to read it that way. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's it's funny because uh, in in her In America interview, she actually said that X was a series that she came up with when she was very young, in wow. elementary school. So, right after okay. seeing Devilman? Man. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. So this was something that she kind of carried with her for like a long, long time. And now that their whole kind of style has changed, like I said, like, I don't know if she would, maybe that's one of the things holding her back. Maybe she as a writer has changed so much that she's just like, I don't know if I want to go back to that. I'm kind of done with that.
1: Yeah. I've heard so many different like reasons and rumors as to why it stopped. And to be honest, I don't care why, like, I only care that it is.
0: Yeah. I mean,
1: we still have that movie. <laughs> we do. <laughs> so never forget. And the TV show, which again, is not bad. And like, if you would like to get into X, but you don't want to get into a manga that doesn't go anywhere. And uh, the TV show was quite watchable.
0: I had to look up how the TV show ended because I couldn't remember. Oh. <laughs> it took so long. Yeah. And I was like, that's how it ended? Yeah.
1: <laughs> right. That's, that's why I said we have two endings.
0: Yeah. We, if they could somehow have done, like, a TV show with the with the movie ending, I think I would have been a little happier. Yeah, but agreed. I guess they figured, well, you saw the movie. You know that ending. So Let's do something else. One. Yeah. Yeah. Which I can respect. Yeah. But at the same time, I was like, oh, but that, mm, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe if I watched it again, I'd have a different reaction but that reaction was still pretty much the same when I was like oh yeah that that was how it ended Yep. oh clamp so in 1993 uh, we got Magic Knight Ray Earth uh, which I talked about before as being sort of like one of the first things I was exposed to Um, that was something that they did in the same magazine that Sailor Moon was running in around the same time. And they have said that without a doubt, if Sailor Moon had not been in the magazine at the time, they would have never been able to do Magic Knight Rayearth Earth because they would have gotten laughed at for the idea of having robots and magical girls together. <laughs> but because Sailor Moon was sort of like a different take on the magical girl genre and it totally took off. Uh, Apparently Nakayoshi was, the editors at Nakayoshi were like, yeah, yeah, just weird new stuff. Come on, give it to us.
1: Yeah, they were like, you know, Sailor Moon was heavily inspired by, like, Sentai shows, so why not something that's inspired by, you know, Mecha and whatnot?
0: And, uh, not only that, but, like, JRPGs. Yes. (laughs) Which is funny because, um, Okawa... Has said that she likes playing JRPGs but isn't really good at finishing them, which I was like, oh, same.
1: Hashtag relatable.
0: <laughs> but apparently, um, Mokana, the artist Mokana, really wanted to do another sort of like fantasy type thing uh, because she was really into that. And that's kind of where the idea to do this style of Magical Girl came from.
1: Is Rare the first example of the trend that we have nowadays of, oh, I'm a person and now I'm in this fantasy world? Or was there something before that?
0: Hmm. That's a good question.
1: I feel like it's probably like the biggest success. There might have been something else, but like...
0: I want to say like around the 90s, there were a lot of that like popping up um, because we got... Like, say, a little later in the 90s, we got Fishu Yugi.
1: Yeah, but that's later in the 90s. Uh,
0: yeah, Escaflone and El Hazard, and probably a bunch of other things that I'm forgetting.
1: Yeah, but, but those were all afterwards. I'm saying this might have been the one that sort of paved the ground.
0: Possibly. Especially if we're talking like shoujo stuff.
1: Yeah. It, uh, and it's funny, like, that that used to be the realm of shoujo, and nowadays it's mostly shonen.
0: Yeah, right?
1: That's yeah. It's kind of
0: weird how that changed. I mean, there's still... Um, I see some manga every once in a while that kind of uses that, but not as often. I
1: think but... it's because a lot of them are light novels, and that's sort yeah. of a men's so kind of, thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's kind of where all the money is now, is light yeah.
1: novels, isn't it? <laughs> it's
0: true. But yeah, so Magic Night Ray Earth, is basically the story of three girls from three separate schools who are all on a field trip to Tokyo Tower at the same time. And they get transported to a magical world called Safrio where they're told, hey, you are the legendary magic knights, and you have to save our princess. And they are given special armor that grows with them. Uh, They sort of get, like, power-ups. Uh, They each get a special weapon, like you have one who has uh, a big broadsword, you have one who has a bow and arrow, and you have one that has a rapier. And then they also get big, cool giant robots. Yeah. Magic giant robots. So they're not like super robots, it's not some sort of like uh, made up technology, it's just magic.
1: Which is nice, because then you don't have to explain anything. Yeah, it's the kind of thing we would see sort of again in Escaflowne. Eh?
0: Yes, definitely, definitely. Which makes me wonder if uh,
1: that's kind of something that
0: inspired it. Oh, for the, sure. The look of uh, the the machines in Ray Earth as they're called, uh, is kind of similar to what the, the robots look like in Escaflowne.
1: Eh? Yeah, the Gaimelufs definitely like uh, have that sort of... Um, very organic feel to them
0: yeah sort of chunky organic fantasy look to them ray earth was cool because uh i felt like it was it didn't always take itself seriously there were a lot of like asides where you know the girls would just be like teenage girls doing teenage girl things and acting kind of goofy uh very similar to Sailor Moon, where, you know, it wasn't always, like, super serious. There were down times where, you know, the girls were just girls.
1: Well, even even X had that. We had a Sessio get an ice cream. We had Fuma and his frog. Um, <laughs> that frog. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's something that Clamp is good at, mixing the, you know, the action and the drama with the levity and the sort of vague emotional relief. <laughs>
0: yeah uh ray earth was one of those things where you know i was super into it and then the the ending sort of came out of nowhere as being another one of those like oh my gosh twist clamp endings it's super sad yeah (laughs) which kind of made me love it even more to be honest because it was different it was it was another one of those like oh Stuff doesn't always end up ha- exactly how you like it, and everybody cries. <laughs> the anime, especially, I was really into, even though it was a TV series and like the animation wasn't always super good, uh, because again, it's so hard to adapt, you know, that style to anime, especially on a TV budget. I'm I'm sure, um, but oh man, the music in Ray Earth was so good. <laughs>
1: Uh, hilariously, the first exposure I had to Ray Earth was the dub. and Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you are not familiar with how they used to redub anime songs, the re Earth opening is one of the things, it's an atrocity. Oh, it is a thing for sure. Adventures in localization, kids. And just the, uh, like, I apologize if the singer is out there listening but you didn't do a good job it's it's rough uh,
0: well I believe that was originally released by Media Blasters and they every time they had to do like an English version of a song it always was kind of like well this is the singer we have to work with and this is the best we can do which I mean I get it but at the same time like woof <laughs>
1: They really didn't need to do an English version of that song, is what I'm saying.
0: (laughs) Yeah, not really. Um, Also, I believe at one point, um, I haven't watched the dub in like a million years, so I could be wrong, but at one point, they were either going to, or for a while they did, Um, they thought localizing um, how the girls called each other, like, Hikaru-chan, Fu-chan, Umi-chan, they thought a great twist in the English version, would be to call have the girls call each other Umister. Yes. Umister. That is
1: 100% true.
0: Okay. I was going to say they either did it or they
1: wanted to do it and then stopped. But no, I, I, had a, say I had an acquaintance. <laughs> I had an acquaintance whose like, handle was Umister because of that.
0: Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... That was definitely a thing that happened.
1: (laughs) Yeah, how else are you going to translate those honorifics, you know?
0: (laughs) I was just like, you know, you don't have to always translate everything. (laughs) Yeah, maybe just,
1: you can just leave it alone.
0: You can just call them by their names. Yeah. It's cool.
1: We understand that in English we don't really have a direct translation of that. You didn't need to try so hard. Right. (laughs) Oh
0: i I couldn't imagine even attempting doing something like that nowadays like, right oh my goodness uh so yeah, if you want a good laugh, if you have access to that old dub um like uh I know Discotech released it, uh all of Ray earth in a nice new box uh I haven't picked it up yet, but I've heard it's gorgeous mm. um. Yeah, switch over to that dub track for a hot second and uh, have yourself a laugh. <laughs> yeah, if it's the same dub, I mean, they might have... Well, discotech doesn't dub things. So oh, okay. If Well, not a lot. They have dubbed a couple things, but not much. So I doubt they redubbed Rare Earth. Uh, but yeah, if that dub is on there, check that out. <laughs> <laughs> it's a time capsule to the 90s.
1: It really is. <laughs>
0: That was what passed as localization, back in the day, my friends. Yeah, yeah. we've come a long way. We really have. <laughs> but um, did you ever did you ever see or read Ray Earth Two? Uh, no, I did not. The sequel. Um, it's one of those things that I'm kind of like I have like a sort of a love hate relationship with because I feel like it wasn't as strong as the first one. Hmm. Uh, but there are some characters that they introduce that are pretty neat but it kind of felt like a lot of it was like oh look here's conveniently some more characters that we're going to pair these other characters off with so it's like eh, it's a little give and take Um, but mostly I just really like uh, Eagle Vision who was voiced by Megumi Ogata who I love yes adore Like you know ah don't completely hate this. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I haven't seen it in a long, long time, so I feel like eventually when I do get that big uh, Ray Earth set that Discotech put out, I'm going to have to watch that and see if I still feel the same way about it. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Other than Ray Earth, uh, in 93, all Clamp did was Miyuki Chan in Wonderland, which is. <laughs> the horniest <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the thirstiest of clamps works probably <laughs> uh, which again that's another title ty- well, I haven't like revisited it in a long time but I just remember liking it because it was well I liked the manga more than I liked the OVA because the OVA was not it was one of those things where like it could have been animated better it was like okay yeah um, but the manga had stuff where like it, it wasn't just like she went to Wonderland she also went to like uh the world of X and uh, interacted with like X characters or there was like a science fictiony one where she like ended up looking like barbarella oh barbarella so uh, there's a lot of just like really weird references and uh, just like silly stuff in the manga that I really liked along with like... The the weird like cheesecakey versions
1: of uh, Alice Wonderland, Wonderland characters. characters, yeah.
0: But it was definitely something that like it's very sexy, but there's no real point to it.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> which is fine. I mean, it's fun and it's really well drawn. But at the same time, I was just like, I don't know what this is from like maybe they just really wanted to draw a lot of uh sexy girls which i'm like Uh, yeah i think that was totally
1: that's 100 yeah
0: (laughs) that's cool with me yeah because i mean this was still when they had their their signature 90s clamp style so everything looked really on point all the color uh art for it was really beautiful as always I remember, I think this was one of the first series where I saw some sort of like behind the scenes thing. I think it was a new type where it showed Mokrana drawing like one of the covers and like using Copic markers. And I think that was the first time I ever saw a Copic marker Hmm. and was like, "Ooh, those are fancy markers. Yeah. Uh, And that was before everybody, like, you know, everyone around the world now knows what a Copic marker is. (laughs) Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Uh, but back in the day, I was like, ooh, secret artist technique. I was like, you know, <laughs> zoom in on that. <laughs> so for a while, uh, because I think Rare and some of their other previous things like X were taking up so much time, they didn't come up with any new stuff until 1995. With the one that I love, which is like, uh, I think it's a one-shot and this was actually the first manga that they did that was primarily drawn by Nikoi and not Mokana. And uh, this would become sort of the style that we kind of see now a little yeah. bit. She drew a lot more like uh, thin, wispy lines, uh, very slender, long, appendaged characters. <laughs> But, but still sort of in that clamp look. So that that was a one shot that I know Tokyopop put out but again, I'd never read it because I was just like, this looks weird and not really up my alley, so I never read it.
1: <laughs> yeah, same.
0: But I was aware of it, at least. 95 um, was uh, the start of Ray Earth 2, which we already kind of talked about. In uh, 1996, we got... Card Captor Sakura, yeah, which uh, relevant because uh, the new Card Captor Sakura season literally just started. Uh, was it the end of January? Yeah, so very recently, as of this recording. Uh, was that a series that you have uh, got into?
1: <laughs> Here's my confession: I've never seen an episode of Card Captor Sakura. Really? Really? Wow! I I love the music. Catch you, catch me is my jam. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, it's not groovy. <laughs> I'm, I think, I'm just, I'm I dropping all these hot them, takes.
0: I think both of them are pretty good, but I would, yeah. ch- if I had to choose, I would choose Catch You, Catch Me over Groovy. Yeah, because is also good. I can actually sing Catch You, Catch Me. Yeah, like Groovy, like they hit some pretty high notes there, and I'm just like, ugh.
1: Yeah, no thanks. Can't do it. <laughs> Um Yeah, I just, I somehow. Miss the card capture train just like almost entirely. Uh, I know a lot about it just by osmosis. Um, (laughs) But yeah. At this point,
0: I mean, I feel like if you're an anime fan, you kind of know a little bit about it just because it was one of those like big things. Yeah. For a lot of people. Um, I actually got into it almost right away because I was reading Nakayoshi at the time. Uh, Because I lived in a place where I could get them, like, monthly. And so, like, right after Rayearth, I was like, Oh my god, Clamp has a new thing coming out. Oh my god, God. I'm so excited. And it's going to be a magical girl thing. I was, like, losing my mind. Of course I wanted to read it and watch it and all that other stuff. Um, So basically, if you somehow have been living under a rock and don't know what Cardcaptor Sakura is about, it's basically this little girl named Sakura... She finds this book of magic cards. The cards kind of scatter and get lost. And she uses the the guardian of the cards, Karachan, uh, is kind of like her, her cute, adorable, you know, animal mascot. The Luna. Yes, the Luna, if you will. <laughs> Along with some newfound magic powers that she is bestowed upon to capture all of the cards back. This was another series that Nikoi was also more involved with. Uh, I think both her and Mokana uh, worked together a lot on it, but it was kind of a collaboration for the character designs that they were mm-hmm. doing. Which you can really tell, like, if you put, like, Cardcaptor Sakura next to Rare, I mean, they look distinctly different. Yeah, Especially uh, the character designs, like the faces. This was... Around the time where Clamp started to go more, more softer, rounder with the eyes, and not so much the big, bold, pointy lines—the cat eye, yes, yeah, the Clamp eye, (laughs) yes—you could you could always tell if an artist, you know, back in the '90s, was heavily into Clamp because if they tried to do like the Clamp eyes, you could be like, oh, yeah,
1: you—you did the Clamp eyes, you did the Sailor Moon eyes, Mm -hmm. you did the um, Evangelion eyes. (laughs) <laughs> yes the uh yeah. sadamoto sadamoto eyes yeah i'm still a big fan of the sadamoto i find it very classic and simple
0: yeah yeah not, but yeah not too not too much just right yeah just, just a little bit <laughs> but yeah cardcaptor sakura basically they started the manga and not too much after the anime just like rolled out right afterwards i remember seeing like you know big two page spread in new type magazine like oh yeah car sakura the anime coming next spring um which is kind of uh which is probably why the the anime is so long because you have to have a lot of filler to make up for like oh the manga needs to hurry up and end so we can get more uh plot for (laughs) for the right but that was a huge thing uh, I mean of course famously we also have the the localized card captors here in America. Oh, God <laughs> Which they tried to to market towards the Pokemon crowd by making it more focused on the capturing of the cards and not so much Sakura and her life,
1: which was a little weird. <laughs> and I heard they skipped sixteen episodes just to get to Lee.
0: Yes, they. the first episode of Card Captors is basically the episode where uh, Lee shows up. Yeah. Gotta skip to get to the boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all the names, of the course, were changed. I'm actually not super familiar with a lot of the localization of Card Captors because when I heard about it, I got really mad, for one. <laughs> yeah because i was you know one of those kids getting the fan sub tapes of the original anime like i was like oh man i wish they would bring it to america and then they did like this and i was like oh man no yeah but also it was airing on fox kids, kids. W- what oh was it yeah. i remember it started on kids wb for me
1: hmm. um I know yeah, it was part of Fox's like ill-advised like when they did Escafone. Ooh. yeah.
0: But um, it it was on some channel that like I didn't get very well like <laughs> our old rabbit ear TV did not pick it up, so I didn't really want to watch it anyway. So I yeah. just
1: didn't didn't yeah.
0: And then when the uh, original version came out on DVD, I was really excited and I bought those instead.
1: <laughs> yeah
0: like you do card Captor sakura became like a huge success tokyo pop eventually brought the manga over uh we got a strangely pretty good set of american toys for it
1: like we, yeah we got, i definitely
0: like, saw those uh the wands and the the book of cloak cards which i still have <laughs> nice And uh, some dolls that actually look, you know, kind of like the character designs, which was a little impressive for the day. I mean, they weren't those uh, Bandai Sailor Moon dolls, for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, actually, I had one of the, um, like, the the Sakura doll, um, just because it was in, like, KB Toys or something ridiculous Mm -hmm. like that. Uh, And I was just like, oh, you know, it looks good, I'll buy it, so
0: yeah i think i still have one or two of those somewhere uh i know specifically i have the one with her little cat girl outfit
1: because of yeah i think i had these the school outfit with like the hat
0: uh yeah like the summer uniform Mm
1: -hmm. yeah i may i may be totally misremembering that but that's what i recall because that's also the one where she like roller skates or whatever so
0: yeah has her little roller blades yeah yeah Uh, I was actually really surprised at how many of the dolls they put out because, like, famously, Sakura has, like, a lot of outfits because her friend, uh, because she can't transform, like, a typical magical girl. Her friend Tomoyo is, like, super rich and loves to sew, so she makes her all these costumes because she wants her to look cute and be, like, a real magical girl. Yeah. And so the American dolls, they actually put out, like, several different outfits, which I was impressed with.
1: Yeah, I did. I did always love all her outfits. Like even, even if it wasn't, as they say, I didn't go there, but, <laughs> uh, but I, I I can recognize like great magical girl styling, and that definitely had it.
0: Honestly, it's kind of a, a great idea that Clamp had. They were like, well, if if she can't transform, she can basically have any outfit. And that means she can have a million
1: outfits. Yes.
0: So there are literally hundreds of Sakura dresses and outfits that you can pick from if you're a cosplayer. Which is probably both good and bad. Because Good because you have a lot of choices, but bad because you have a lot of choices. Yeah. (laughs) But thankfully, like most of the outfits, uh, they have extensive art books for Cardcaptor Sakura. I mean, I have, like, I want to say three, and that's not even all of them, of just nothing but cute pictures of Sakura in different outfits. Yep. (laughs) And I noticed that when the new anime started, they, uh, I think it was the official Twitter account, put out a very, very, very detailed character sheet
1: yeah, the dress that she wears in the opening. Because they they knew cosplayers are gonna wanna oh, get yeah. on that
0: right away. <laughs> and I I immediately saw a lot of uh, friends that I follow who are cosplayers going like, thank you, <laughs> thank you so much, uh, which is great. Like I'm I'm looking forward to seeing a bunch of new Cardcaptor Sakura costumes at conventions or just photos of them at conventions. Yeah. Because they're adorable. (laughs) So I take it since you... Like you said, you never watched any Cardcaptor Soccer. You probably haven't seen any of the new show yet.
1: I have not. At all. Yeah.
0: Um, So far, I've seen all of the episodes that they have out so far as of this recording. Which is, I think, four or five. Not very many. Um, But so far... I've actually been very impressed with this new Cardcaptor Sakura. Okay. Uh, because, I mean, at first when they announced it, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> because, um, I mean, if you've been paying attention to reboots of things, like a lot of the reboots of things haven't been going so great. Stay <sighs> <Same> in <that. laughs> Yeah. So I was really worried, but then they were like, hey, almost the entire staff from the original are coming back oh, hey, almost the entire voice cast from the original are coming back. I was like, okay, I'm cautiously optimistic. And when that first episode dropped, I was just like, okay, here we go, here we go. But I was really, really pleased to see that like they really took the time to try to recreate the look and the feeling of the original. I mean, it's not perfect. Mm. but it is leaps and bounds better than what I assumed it was going to be, which is a huge relief. And the music for the for the opening and the ending are really cute and catchy. Uh, you have an opening by Maya Sakamoto, so, like, you know, can't go wrong there. Right. Um, the new artist that they got for the ending theme, I can't remember her name, but uh, it's called Jewelry, and it's really cute and catchy. I find myself kind of, like, coming along with it every every ending and they also brought back the Kero-chan check uh, from the the original series where at the end of each episode Kero-chan shows up and talks about like oh here's a better look at Sakura's outfit or here's you know the the place where this episode took place you know like he does his, his little like here is one aspect of the episode we'll take a closer look at and it's, and it's all the same voice actors. Like, you got Aya Hisakawa doing Kero-chan, uh, who, she was, um, Sailor Mercury in the original Sailor Moon. Hmm. Uh, you got, uh, Migumi Ogata back as Yukito.
1: Yeah, there he is. <laughs> Every week. <laughs> uh,
0: I am super biased and I love Yukito. <laughs> what can I say? Mostly, I just love hearing uh, Megumi Ogata on a show again. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't she doesn't do a lot of TV stuff anymore, so it it made me really happy. Um, uh, Sekito Tomokazu does Toya. Uh, basically, every single person who was in the original is back, and it's it's really nice. It feels very comfy. It's very nostalgic. It's very calming and like sweet i mean there's no super big high drama because like every week there's a card you know sakura's gonna get the card because she's she's a little older now she knows what she's doing it's like yeah this is all very familiar and we know we know the formula we haven't gotten the the big like what's the underlying plot for this series yet but uh, I'm, I'm assuming that's going to drop here, like, any time now. Yeah. Because, I mean, the manga is running... Because they have also been doing a sequel manga before this. So I haven't actually read any of it yet. Because for a while it was, like, scanlations only. But uh, I think, thankfully, Kodansha... Yeah, Kodansha.
1: Yeah, Kodansha. Uh, picked
0: it up. So uh, the next time... There is a Quodontus sale. I'm probably going to pick that up now. Now that I know, like, oh, this is actually pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I don't have to really worry about it. So I'm actually looking forward to seeing where it goes, because I'm not really sure where it's going yet. Um, But hopefully somewhere good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the ending of the original was, you know, pretty good. And I really liked the original, so... Um, also, in 1996, we got Wish, which um, Nikoi was also lead on lead artist on this. A lot of, you know, again, wispy, willowy-looking characters.
1: And I feel like Wish was uh, tied into that Jojo uh, Dojin.
0: Yes! <laughs> okay. So this is, like, one of the only things that I know about Clamp's Dojin work is they're the infamous Jojo... Well, and I guess I know a little bit about their devil Devilman uh, Dojinshi as well. But uh, the they famously did a Dojinshi about Jojo's Bizarre Adventure where Jotaro and Kakyoin uh, had an egg baby somehow. <laughs> Kakyoin laid an egg. And they had a little baby. And... You know, that's been, like, a meme on the internet for, like, years now.
1: Did you lay this egg?
0: (laughs) So, obviously, Clamp, they they were fans of Jojo's Bizarre Adventures. They enjoyed it, obviously. Uh, But Wish basically came from that dojin. They were like, hey, what if we did a, a little bit of a redraw, and we renamed... Kakiyoin as Kohaku. <laughs> and we redrew Jotaro and gave him a new name, uh, got rid of the hair hat, and um, made this sort of like alternate reality story about them. <laughs> yeah. Which I didn't, I actually didn't know that until years after I had read Wish. But when I learned that, I was like, this makes sense. This is a very clamp thing to do (laughs) because uh, famously they also did a devil man doujinshi where it was basically the same thing Uh, Akira and Ryo laid an egg and they had a devil baby (laughs) because I guess that's (laughs) that's something that Clamp was really into the idea of they were like well it would be really cool if these two dudes were parents how do we give them a baby I know
1: pokemon style (laughs) it seems like it (laughs) hey we found this egg who knows where it came from do you want it we'll raise it as
0: our own yes (laughs) which was a pretty cute series did you ever read that one
1: i did but i don't remember anything about it yeah it was it was basically just sort of a a sweet
0: little two volume was it two or three it was really short it was it was four It was four yeah. Okay, so it was like four volumes. It was pretty short, but honestly, it's been so long since I've read it, I don't remember a lot of the details myself, other than, wow, the art is really, really cute. <laughs> yeah. I remember uh, initially picking it up because there are a lot of bunnies
1: <laughs>
0: on a lot of the key art, and I was like, oh man, cute bunnies. I'm so there. And it's clamp so... I, that was still in the era where I was like, Wow, clamp! this looks good. I'll pick it up uh and in nineteen ninety seven they started clover,
1: yeah, clover,
0: which I know that was one that you and I both liked,
1: yeah, very and they say it's incomplete, but honestly I feel like it it's vague and it's also finished like like it's weird to how to describe why I think Clover doesn't need to be continued unlike X (laughs) Um, yeah I feel like Clover is
0: one of those series where like it is technically unfinished but it ended at a point where I could be like you know I'm okay with that ending right there I would be okay if they never came back to it although at the time I remember being like oh man I really do want them to finish this yeah, it was really good, <laughs> and uh, Okawa herself had said that um, she actually was very specific and says it needs two more books to be finished. Right, right. Uh, which I thought was really interesting that she like had like the specific number of like oh no, it needs two more volumes.
1: Um, so here's the weirdest thing about about Clover is that uh, Tokyo Help actually did a good job releasing it.
0: Yes, I was actually going to bring up that, like, for some reason, uh, Tokyo Pop released their version of Clover exactly how it came out in Japan.
1: So it had that beautiful vellum cover on it, uh, which I was just like, what, what compelled them since everything else not so great but no for some reason they were like all right you know in japan they they had this uh book cover and and we're gonna do that here too which seems like it it must have cost a lot of money i'm like i don't know it's weird it's weird
0: yeah it made me wonder if that was some sort of stipulation for getting the title maybe they had to release it in a specific way like they wanted it to be very specifically like almost the same as the Japanese version. And it was. It was literally like, here it is in English. Yep. Uh, which really threw me off, like like you said, because I was not used to that at all. Like, the, the Tokyo Pop uh, editions of manga used to be, like, very cheaply printed, fall apart on just sitting on your shelf, pages would yellow if you looked at them wrong. <laughs> but this was actually a really high-quality release. And I really appreciated that because I had actually bought the Japanese versions of this when they came out. But then I saw the English ones and I was like, "Oh, these are actually like literally the same book." Yeah. Wow. Like that never happened. Especially not back then. <laughs> right. Like you were saying. But this was I think the the title that cemented clamps cross over into like this was how they were going to draw forever now period this was one of the last things I remember reading that it seemed like almost all of the, the big pointy eye stuff was gone like they were like okay with card cardcaptor sakura wish and this it was like you know this is like our new style this is how we do it now Yeah, Uh, but with Clover, I was totally okay with that (laughs) because this I think next to Tokyo Babylon is one of the manga of theirs that the there are certain pages of it, this and Tokyo Babylon that I can recall so clearly in my mind because oh yeah, striking and so
1: well done. The imagery in Clover is just amazing.
0: It is. It like totally blew my mind the first time I ever picked up a volume of it. Like, yeah. It looked nothing like the last few things they had done, and it looked almost nothing like they
1: had ever done before. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, it definitely had like clockwork doll elements, and like just oh god, it's so beautiful. I it's it's so hard to. Like, if you just told somebody it's about this girl who wants to go to, like, this amusement park and she's got, like, something weird about her, like, it, it I feel like it's better the less you know about it, because then you're just, like, revealing the story in its vagaries as you go along.
0: Yes, I feel like this is one of those stories where sometimes you read things and the writers are purposely vague and you're just like, oh, get to the point already. But this one is more like a mystery unfolding before you. And uh, it's really hard to explain, like you said, but just it's it's a very fascinating uh, piece of work. And I I would say it's one of my favorites just because it's so beautiful. Like the use of black and white and negative space is
1: just insanely cool. And uh, it did go out of print for a little while, but um, Dark Horse brought it back it was in four volumes when Tokyo did it Dark Horse brought it Back is just one big one so if you want to purchase that it's it's on Amazon for like 20 bucks yep. totally worth it
0: totally worth it because uh, then you get to read it all in one big chunk <laughs> yep um, I do still really like those old Tokyo. like if you can somehow find them they are super beautiful. yeah
1: um looks like the fourth volume is also on uh, on Amazon for oh yeah for $249 <laughs> i am looking at it right now um, yeah there's a couple of ones that you can get uh, like used so
0: yeah it's, it's really hard though because like there have been times I've gone to bookstores and I've seen like well used bookstores I should say and I see like those old versions of Clover and like Someone has not been very kind. Yeah,
1: they're Full beat up. Vellum, uh, yeah.
0: Covers. Uh, but to be fair, they're very, they're very fragile. So, they are,
1: yeah.
0: Because uh, I remember I moved, like, once, and, like, one of my books got stuck in an awkward place, and, like, it just ripped Right. all the way down the spine, and I was so sad. <laughs> I was like, no, my
1: beautiful yeah. book.
0: Uh, but, um, but that big omnibus is... Much more affordable, yeah. Than uh, having to seek out probably those old, the four old separate ones, but yeah, Clover was definitely one that I really, really enjoyed, and there was actually an an animated like I, I don't want to say like movie. It was more like a music video.
1: Yeah, it was like seven minutes long, some nonsense like that.
0: Yeah, and I think they showed it before one of the Card Sakura movies. Actually, yes. I kind of wish there was a way that we could get some of these, like, weird Clamp shorts officially released here. I mean, they were released... Clamp in Wonderland! <laughs> yeah, like, we have Clamp in Wonderland, we have the, that Clover short, which is beautiful. Um, there's, there's, there's two Clamp in Wonderlands. Um, and then the X music video, Double X. Yeah. Which is basically a X-Japan music video. Yeah, x which is great it's cool it's two great things it tastes great together exactly i know if you do look on youtube you can find most of those pretty easily yeah <laughs> but the the clover one i think is especially gorgeous uh and it just makes me kind of sad that we never got like a
1: like a legitimate a or something yeah, yeah.
0: Funny enough, um, Universal was actually in negotiations to make a movie adaptation about it, but those seem to have fizzled out because I haven't heard anything about it in years. Yeah, so I don't know if that's gonna ever come to fruition. It's been about but... ten years. I don't think that's happening. But I should point out that one of the, f- the like the very first podcast episode you were on, I brought up the Ghost in the Shell movie. And we were like, that's probably never going to happen.
1: And then it did. The, the one that really I thought was never going to happen is um, Battle Angel Alita.
0: Yeah, and that happened.
1: And that's happening. Somehow. Yeah, that he's been talking about for years.
0: Oh, yeah, like 20 years almost. That's yeah. Ridiculous. What's next? That My The Psychic Girl movie actually getting made?
1: <laughs> that The Ava movie that those... Uh, oh, man. You remember that concept art with Susan?
0: Oh wow! (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that was sure a thing. Yep. So yeah, I that is our select timeline of
1: older Clamp things that uh, I uh, I feel like I want to go to two (laughs) thousand one. Oh really? Yeah. Two thousand one. Chobits.
0: Chobits, huh?
1: Yeah. Chobits was the last thing that I like really dug into for clamp after that i um you know that that was it uh there's just something about (laughs) Chobitz being so um, we said that miyuki-chan is definitely the thirstiest but chobets is, is pretty questionable sometimes
0: that's true
1: But, uh, that
0: that whole beginning,
1: yeah, the whole beginning, (laughs) but I think that's sort of misleading because ultimately what comes out of Chobits is a really sweet love story and about, Mm -hmm. and also like a meditation on what it means to be like a living being and like understand the world. And, um, yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's not old clamp, but it's also not new clamp, it's somewhere, like, in there. I would say, like, it's Clamp's Teenage Years. <laughs> yeah. Because,
0: like, sure. you
1: know, they had, like, Angelic Lair at the same time. Um, uh, yeah, uh, and we don't... Angelic Lair, I feel like, gets left by the wayside, like, a lot. Like, no one really remembers that, but it was cute. Like, I liked it. Um,
0: yeah, it was. it was one of those things where, like, I bought the first few volumes of the manga, and then I watched the anime, so yeah. Uh I don't know how the manga ended, but I do remember how the anime did. (laughs) Yeah. So like Yeah, that that was another that was another one of those things that um Angelic Lair and Chobits were connected. Yeah. Yep.
1: (laughs) And the the music in Chobits is great.
0: (laughs) Oh, for sure. It was really, really cute. Yeah. I like that opening theme.
1: Yeah. Um but yeah I feel like that was sort of where where I just, uh, like, I was still following X as it was sporadically coming out, but really, March 2003 was, like, that was the end for me. Um, and yeah. not coincidentally, I think that's when Holic started. It, well, Holic started in 2003, I know that. I remember just being like, w- what is this? This is not X. It's got X's in the name, but it's not X. So, um yeah <laughs> yeah. That, that, that was just sort of where it stopped
0: those, um, that's one of those weird titles that like a lot of people don't know how to say it because it it's written like XXX holic right but, but you don't actually say the X's it's literally holic
1: right uh, but that's confusing it's it's also like says uh, on eyes
0: right right
1: aka three X three eyes <laughs>
0: or uh what someone pointed out to me like just I think last year that it was a play on the word southern. Yeah. Uh, which I never got and I was just like, "What? How did I never know that?"
1: <laughs> yeah, it's easy enough not to know. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, I, I so, yeah, Clover was sort um not Clover. Chobitz was the the end of the road for me and Clamp. So
0: that's fair because i think that was probably one of the last things that i kind of kept tabs on like when it first started i really liked the art uh the art was really beautiful they utilized a lot of the same kind of tricks they did in clover actually yeah agreed a really neat use of um, negative space i mean not as striking but still really really good yeah and uh, a lot of really good use of uh contrast with black and white um but i feel like somewhere in the middle i kind of stopped paying attention to it for a while and then when the end came out i was like oh rush to read the ending yeah <laughs> um but yeah it was it was a pretty cute story like a lot of people couldn't get past that beginning though <laughs> yeah which is understandable
1: yeah if you can get past the beginning the rest of the story is very like uh it's very sweet <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I agree.
0: But I think it was, like, one of those things where I was just like, eh, I guess I'll read this. <laughs> um, it, w- it was almost like I, I realized, I think, I think that was the thing that made me realize I was mostly checking out clamp things out of habit mm. now, at the time. Uh, and even though I was like, oh, that was nice. Like, afterwards, I was like, I'm not really getting what I used to get out of clamp titles. Um, out of you know reading them yeah and I think after that was when I was just kind
1: of like eh, eh. <laughs> um
0: like I even tried with uh with Subasa and Holic like I tried I did not <laughs> uh it was mostly because I saw like random pages floating around the internet and so I had to go check it out for myself and I bought a copy of the first like volumes And was like, oh, there they are. There's the ex-characters in this alternate reality. And they're alive and they're happy. And some of the characters that I wanted to get together, they're, like, married and it's so sweet. Uh." Right. But that's, like, how they get you.
1: (laughs) They didn't get me. I was not having it.
0: (laughs) You were like, nope. Nope. I know your plan.
1: (laughs) I know know what I want and you're not giving it to me, so.
0: (laughs) Yeah, after gosh i want to say if just a couple volumes i was just like nah i know i i get the feeling this is gonna go on for a while and i'm not really you know feeling it so i i never continued and they went on for way longer than i even thought they would yeah and then they did another one yeah and yeah now there's a sequel to holic and oh my gosh yeah so it's just one of those things where i was like like Clamp had been playing in their own sandbox for, like, a long, long time. Yeah. Uh, but it was mostly just, like, limited to small Easter eggs here and there, and maybe one-shots or just, like, a couple volumes of the thing. But this was just, like, so much. Yeah. <laughs> it, and it was too much for me. I know there's plenty of people that, like... I mean, obviously uh, Tsubasa
1: and Hollick were really popular yeah and i'm definitely not saying they're bad i'm just saying they're not for me
0: but yeah we we definitely came from a place where like this felt like it wasn't for us specifically
1: even uh, though it was all the things that we liked it just it wasn't it was like taking ingredients and then making a new cake but i wanted the old cake
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> it was like, well, this recipe has all the same ingredients, but it's not quite what you want. Yeah. That's that's kind of how it felt. And I was just like, hmm, no. And I think that was one of my, I think that's what caused my initial reservations with like when they announced a new Cardcaptor Sakura. I was like, oh no, is this going to be another Subasa or Holic? You know, I was like, is this going to be just like more stuff that like, I think I want, but I don't want, Hmm. but then it ended up being like, you know, not so bad. Um, you know, it's, it's like, oh man, this is what I kind of wish the Sailor Moon, uh, reboot would have been like, Yeah, like all the same people back doing more of the same, it's safe, (laughs) it's pretty, um, but with like, you know, some new stuff thrown in and uh so i think that's why i'm like i am okay with this this is good <laughs> yeah. it's it's not the 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 animation style isn't crazy new or out there it's very much akin to like the original anime so that is pretty much what i wanted out of it yeah and it's funny that we ta- we were talking earlier about how the stories changed a little bit and like we wouldn't be super into like the idea of X coming back because it wouldn't be the same story. So I, I found the very first TV interview that Clamp ever did, which was in 2005. It took them this long to ever do like a public interview because when they asked about it, the interviewers asked about it, like, why, why did you wait so long? Why was it always like, you know, clamp was shrouded in mystery. Uh, And they were just like, you know, we, at 1st were like, well, we're so busy. And then it was like, you know, if we make ourselves public, people are going to know what we look like. And that might be, A problem if you want to ever go anywhere or do anything. Uh, But now they were like, you know, we feel like we're in a comfortable enough place where, you know, maybe we can talk about certain things. And it's not so bad that maybe people know what we look
1: like. There's a picture of them on their Wikipedia now, so.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it is funny because somebody brought up, uh, one of the interviewers actually brought up how okawa's writing has changed over the years Mm. and she did say that she admitted that uh the quote is basically her with her with my old style of writing i would write as though i were approaching a puzzle i simply wanted to drag the reader along and along and along and doing that was fun certainly but i started thinking about it a lot and i finally said that's enough so I adopted a more "take a look and tell me what you think" kind of approach to my style of writing. Hmm. So, and and then uh, I think a little later she also added that she would much rather write something that had a clear cut ending.
1: Yeah. And then, oh gosh, I wonder why.
0: <laughs> and then work backwards, and I was like, "Wow, <laughs> that would have been nice to have
1: <laughs> yeah. a little earlier." Not better about that at all. <laughs> oh no, no!
0: But I also uh, wanted to bring up that I think it, I thought it was funny that she also said that apparently early on when they were making manga, uh, Okawa often didn't tell the other members about a character dying until it came up in the script for that.
1: Oh no! <laughs> uh,
0: because she was afraid they'd get sad about it. <laughs> uh, but she says. Uh, after a few times, she realized that uh, the artist Mokuna seems to be the only one who would get really emotional about it. Like, apparently, she was really beat up about um, a death in Tokyo Babylon.
1: There's only one, so, yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, which, I mean, if you've read Tokyo Babylon, you know who I'm talking about. Yep. But that makes me wonder if, like, those kinds of feelings are what kind of led up to the fact that they kind of put their characters here, there, and everywhere. And especially with like Subasa, where like, hey, look at all these characters that aren't dead. Yeah. <laughs> um, some sort of, like, wish fulfillment, where they're like, hey, we love all these characters that we killed off, let's bring them back. <laughs> Which, I mean, I know a lot of people who, like, you know, write their own comics and things like that, and, you know, I'm told that, you know, creators get really attached to a lot of their creations. Yeah. And... When you share them with, like, four other people, I can assume that, like, sometimes you get kind of bummed where, like, one person decides, like, hey, this character's gonna die. (laughs) Right. So, I mean, they have enough money where they can kind of just play around with that uh, idea and make a thing out of it and apparently make a ton more money. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Which, I mean, good for them. I mean, honestly, they're kinda living
1: the dream. Yeah, I mean, uh anybody who's ever had an original character has definitely put them in a situation that was not the universe that they were initially in. So, you know, good for them for making their AU quote unquote fanfic. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm surprised they didn't make a coffee shop. Yeah.
0: I mean, so much of the clamp in Wonderland art that they still do off and on, I feel like is like coffee shop AU.
1: Or- yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so they and and like the Clamp in Wonderland shorts, totally like the same kind of thing. Because, like, especially in like the second one, like you see a lot of like, oh, look, here's the uh, here's the little s- scene of um, uh, Kamui and Fuma, they're like out eating okun- yomiyaki together, yeah, and fun and totally not fighting, <laughs> right. It's just sweet and nice. Yep. (laughs) Which I can understand them being like, hey, we want to do just like some fun stuff for a while. We're done kind of doing all this uh, really
1: tragic, sad, dying stuff. Yeah. Which definitely was the association with Clamp was, oh, well, they're going to (laughs) die. Yeah. (laughs) is going to
0: be sad. For years. That was like the whole clamp thing. It was just pretty sad people dying. Yep. <laughs> Which when we were younger, like like I don't know about you, but that was totally my jam.
1: Yeah, still is, to be honest. <laughs>
0: yeah, kinda.
1: <laughs> I mean, what's Hannibal if not a clamp show?
0: Oh, totally. Oh my gosh. That is one hundred percent fact. Yeah. <laughs> So we got some questions. We actually got a lot of questions. Yeah. Um, So I'm going to try to get most of them. If I don't get yours, I'm sorry. But we had a lot this time because there's a lot of Clamp love out there. Yeah. Which is great. I'm glad people seemed so excited uh, for us to talk about Clamp and what we love about them. Uh, So Helen has several questions, and I thought these were all pretty good. So question number one. Uh, which On Hiatus Clamp series are you the most mad about them not finishing? Well, we st- we kind of already answered that. Yeah. <laughs> um, question two. How do you feel about Clamp bringing more and more of their older series into their multiverse, like, wish appearing in Legal Drug and Drug and Drop? Um, Honestly, it seems part of the course for Clamp.
1: Yeah, it's not new. Saying.
0: Yeah. I mean, they've been doing it since, like, almost the beginning. So... Doesn't surprise me at all. I I think I only read the first volume of legal drug like I think I flipped through it and I was like, this definitely feels like a clamp thing. Yeah but, uh, <laughs> but I never uh, went much farther than that, but the vibe I get from it, like it makes total sense that wish uh, would appear in that because it's very like a BL sort of thing.
1: Yeah and yeah, legal drug was two thousand dang that's a minute
0: (laughs) but that was another thing that like got sort of put on hiatus and then and then brought back yeah is like the reboot of it or something it's hard to keep track of all these clamp things um and then her last question was are there any crossovers you'd actually like to see happen within the clamp universe
1: i mean what, uh, what what hasn't subasa done like
0: yeah like honestly i would just like to see another clamp in wonderland cuz those uh, yeah
1: those are cute, are cute.
0: <laughs> and i think we've come to uh about a time where we're due for another one i think the last one was like early 2000s wasn't it yeah so like hey hey clamp where's our clamp in wonderland 3 yeah Come on. Give me that. <laughs> I want to see that. Because they're cute and I like them. Uh, CC Tapato asks, besides the obvious X1999, would you want to see any of their series rebooted or get sequels?
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, obviously we're already getting a, a reboot slash sequel in the form of Car Captain Sakura I feel like we shouldn't push our luck and you <laughs> yeah. know mm-hmm. I
0: mean I wouldn't mind seeing like I was saying like an actual Clover animated thing
1: yeah but that wouldn't be a reboot or a sequel that would just yeah. be an adaptation yeah
0: I I would much rather see like something get an adaptation that didn't get an adaptation like a legitimate animated Clover movie would be super cool if done right and i would love to see that but as far as sequels go like that's such a dicey area that's i mean that's the reason why i was so worried about the card Sakura*. sequel. yeah because i was like oh <laughs> they don't do sequels so good no <laughs> like rare two was kind of eh. uh so i was like a little worried but so far it seems pretty good i mean There could be something that comes up where it totally shits the bed, but uh, I don't think it will. I think they're probably going to play it safe-ish for Clamp. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be some kind of twist, but it's probably going to be a safe one. You know? I I don't see it being, like, too out there. (laughs) I mean, there's probably a lot of people who... Cardcaptor Sakura was, like, the first thing, Clamp thing that they got into. Mm Mm-hmm. And so, giving Cardcaptor Sakura, like, a really twisty, sad, clamp ending would be, like, kind of startling for them. Because there weren't a ton of those in the original. <laughs> yeah. Most- yeah, nobody, like,
1: uh, died horrifically.
0: No, no. It wasn't, like, Ray Earth or X or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, so... I- I feel like if they tried to pull something like that with
1: this version... It'd be really weird. I I yeah, would not expect that. Especially after, ridiculous. like... Even Subasa like, was very... I mean, it had some dark stuff in it or whatever, but, like... Was not unkind to everybody, <laughs> you know?
0: Right, right. Not like I mean, X. Yeah. It, it was not X. It was not Rare like... It wasn't Tokyo Babylon, even. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I feel like Cardcaptor Sakura was probably, like, the thing they looked back at, and they were like, you know, that's a safe thing to make a sequel to. Yeah. So, I, I can't really say... Like, the other things that would be safe to make a sequel to, I can't see anyone clamoring for one, like, uh, Clamp School Detectives. I don't think anyone's out there going, yeah, I need a sequel to that, you yeah. know? And you can't really do a sequel to Tokyo Babylon. Right. Uh, I mean, they did. It's called X. <laughs> Pretty much.
1: <laughs> and we
0: all know how that went. Yep. So, I don't know. I feel like a, a, a new adaptation of a thing they already did would be much better. I would much prefer that Yeah. to a reboot or a sequel. Uh, so, Grant asks... Clamp is a much beloved uh, group and has a distinct style. Is there any work that you would like to have seen done in their style? Also, is there a work of theirs that you feel would have been better suited to a different style?
1: Uh, well, I, I enjoy their fan art of other things. Like, they did... Uh, an interview in one of the volumes of Gun in the Origin, and they drew Amuro, and it's very cute, and I like it. But I'm sort of with the mindset that once I see something in a style, I'm not, like, super angling for it to be in someone else's style. Uh, So there's no clamp things that I'm like, man, I wish this was this style. Um, And (laughs) I... I, so I really like Kogias and I love their spindly, noodly appendages. <laughs> They're just, it's like, that's, that's what Clamp is now, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. like, that, that's like not old Clamp, that's new Clamp and I, I get it. But, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't want to see it any other way.
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel like, One of the things that drew me to Clamp was their distinct style. Right. And so, like, changing that would be, like, really weird for me. Like, everything that I've seen in their style, it's like their style adds something to it. It makes it unique. So I don't think I would ever change that. I mean, if I could go back and make, like, the Rare TV series look more like their manga i would love that <laughs> but um i don't know i don't know if there's anything out there that i would have liked to see in clamp style i mean unless we're talking like hey if clamp did fan art or more stuff would you want to see certain things but we actually got a question kind of about that oh yeah so i'll i'll go right to that yeah so mr james pickens Your friend and mine. Yes. uh, Says, I like seeing clamp fan art of other properties. For example, what you said earlier, the little Amuro in the back of Gundam The Origin. Yes. What do you want to see a clamp version of? What's crying to be clamped?
1: He says. (laughs) Well, I should say that there's uh, more Gundam fan art than just the Amuro. There is also uh, Sakura as the new Gundam. (laughs) Or,
0: yes, I've seen that. Yeah,
1: I just linked that to your, your Twitter, so you can easily have it on hand. Um, it's super cute. Yeah, I, like, this is sort of random, but I really like Spice and Wolf, and I'd kind of like to see Clamp fan art of oh, of horror. that would be super cute. Right? Yeah.
0: I could totally see them doing something like that. Yeah. Um... I was trying to think about this because they've actually done a lot of really cool fan art over the years. Like, I've seen them, like, uh, famously, they've done doujinshi of like a bunch of older stuff over the years. Yeah. Uh, they've done fan art of like even Macross. There's like a Minne drawing that they did famously that I see floating around the internet from time to time. Um, so I was trying to think of something that I haven't seen them do. That would be really cute. And the only thing I could think of was like, you know, I've never seen them draw any Sailor Moon characters.
1: Yeah, I was thinking that too. (laughs) I was like, let me see some clamp Sailor Moon. Although I I would like it done in late 90s clamp style rather than current clamp style because I feel like it would be too close to crystal. Agree.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I want to see like... Uh, Ray Earth era Clamp Doing Some Big Pointy eyed
1: Sailor moon, Yeah
0: That would be ideal Yeah I bet they would draw A really cute Luna too
1: Yes for sure
0: I would totally Be into that <laughs> Because Other than that Because like They've done Oh man They've done Like I listed off A bunch of doujins They've done They've done So many So like It's out there Yeah it's just, I haven't seen, like, a, a ton of it. So I'm sure even more than I don't even know exists. But to my knowledge, they have never drawn any Salem Moon fan art.
1: Yeah, I that feel like if they fun. had, I would have seen it at some point, because that's very much, I, like, the Venn diagram of my interests. So
0: I, Exactly, exactly. Um, so let's see. Vry asks, uh, any bets on whether clear card... Uh, Card Captor Sakura's current arc will actually have an ending since it's tied to an anime. I'm pretty sure it'll have an ending. Yeah, I mean, you'd have riots if uh, Card Captor Sakura just like didn't end if it went on hiatus. Yeah, uh, and I think they know that, and they've been putting out so much Card Captor Sakura merch lately that I feel like they have a distinct ending in mind and they will do it
1: yeah I 100% agree with that
0: I, I feel like their Magical girl stuff like they Ended. go in with a game plan yeah because like Ray Earth got finished uh, the first Sakura got finished so it their track record for that is pretty good right so I would bet it's definitely going to 100% end with a real ending yeah it I would be shocked. Be the The anime might not be the same as the manga one, because the anime might end first. Yeah. But there'll be an ending of some sort. <laughs> I can almost guarantee it. Okay, and I think we have time for one more question. Ah, Perry asks, who is the best clamp good boy? Sibiru. See, I was going to say either Subaru or Yukito.
1: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, both... Since I don't have any connection to Carcaptor Sakura, I'm just, I'm firmly Team Subaru, but I can understand <laughs> where you're coming from.
0: Yeah, I, I was like thinking all that. I was like, who would win, Subaru or Yuki? <laughs> but they're both such good boys. They really are. I, I feel like they would be like totally good friends if
1: they ever. I think Subaru is good friends with everybody. Yeah.
0: Yeah, same with Yuki. So they would get along great. They are both good boys. I feel like they're tied for best good boy. Yes. Because they're good, good soft boys. (laughs) And I feel like that is a pretty good place to end the episode, talking about clamp good boys. (laughs) All right. So um, before we leave, I want to give my special thanks shout out. Uh, so many thanks for those who left me tips this month on ko including Lon Dart and Kadeem. Thank you so much to both of you for your tips. Uh, if you want to get a shout out in the next episode of the podcast and be just as cool as Mr. Dart and Kadeem are, all you have to do is go to my ko account and leave me a tip or, of two or more coffees, And I will link that in the show notes, which you can see at animenostalgia.blogspot.com as well as on the Tumblr at animenostalgia.tumblr.com where you can also find other relevant links for this episode, as well as uh, past episodes. And You can also find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, pretty much anywhere that you get your podcasts. You just do a search for the Anime Nostalgia podcast and you can usually find it. And While you're there, you could always Show the podcast some love by leaving a rating or a review. I always love seeing what people have to say about the podcast. Um, You can also send me your thoughts and comments directly. Or if you just want to say hi, you can always email me at anime nostalgia podcast at gmail.com. It might take me a little while to get back to you, but I promise that I do read all the email that I do get. So I wanted to thank you so much Miss Newtype Lady. You are very welcome. For returning and talking all about all those fond memories of clamp things that we love and that pain us so, but we love them
1: anyway. Yeah. Hurts so good. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> it definitely does. Um, is there anywhere we can find you on the internet or anything you want to plug while you're here?
1: Yeah, uh, I've always been at New Type Lady on Twitter, but I'm I'm basically I've disappeared and merged into the, the net like I'm nowhere else. <laughs> um so yeah, I'm 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 just me. <laughs> and
0: that's good because I want you to stay with me. Oh, thank you.
1: Oh, I love you too. Aww.
0: <laughs> and thank you so much for coming back.
1: Yeah, of course. And, Always uh, happy to be here.
0: Thank you guys for listening, and um, we will see you again next month. Bye. Bye. <laughs> oh my God! For uh, I should have just started singing like "Forever Lover." Oh my!
1: We could we could <laughs> go back and do it again. <laughs> Forever dreams. Dream. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. <laughs>